Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 110. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm really excited to introduce a very special guest, Wendy Martin. Wendy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, I've got my five-point harness check, my helmet check, my lipstick check. I think I'm ready. (laughs) Hey, now that's a first. I love having the lipstick checked. (laughs) That's very important. Wendy (laughs) (laughs) Wendy Martin is the president of Enthusiast Media Group that she founded in 2006. While her company focuses primarily on print media consulting, promotional materials, and more, Wendy's involvement in the automotive world is very extensive. Her company runs several Concours events, including the La Jolla Concours, Carlisle events, and the Desert Concorso. And she belongs to the Driving Divas, an enthusiastic women's BMW driving club. She's completed several high-performance driving M schools and has run tours through South Carolina to Ashland and the Biltmore. And she is the chair of the BMW CCA Foundation, raising money for BMW Museum and Street Survival Program. Wendy's a car gal through and through. So, Wendy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you please take a moment and share some more about your history, your business, your interest, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Thanks, Mark. My background is I was born in Renton, Washington, and my father was a hobbyist drag racer. Growing up, we were at the track every weekend. My father was a drag racer in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. He was a hobbyist and enthusiast in, the, in that industry. Uh, he was at Sears as a toy store manager. At about age 12, he started a high-performance racing shop called Ewing Engine Racing. Oh, wow. We were in heavily involved in the Pacific Northwest racing scene. We caravanned to Oregon, Washington, California, raced all the series, all the points series. As an 8- to 13-year-old girl, it was, it was interesting. I had lots of race kid friends. I didn't realize at that time that this experience was going to come full circle in my life as an adult. I learned to have real passion for 
anything engine, high performance. I uh, have, as being a girl, though, when things, you know, you hear an engine getting too loud or going to red line, I think I worry about that more than the race, than a real race car driver. I tried it. <laughs> sure. I tried it a few times. And I found that I, I like, I have an appreciation for the racers, I have appreciation for the cars, and I have an appreciation for the, uh, the hobbyist, anybody, the enthusiasm of the people who like a specific type of automotive hobby. Sure. About the age 16, my dad, racing was, was becoming really mainstream. This is like the late 80s. Organized street racing had become cult-like so and there was no uh, iPhones yet or computers there's nothing for police to be able to to track you down so I would come home from school literally at 16 17 18 years old on Thursday nights I remember this and my dad would have a whiteboard up and like there'd be 35 guys sitting on the carpet and my dad with his pointer was saying okay we're going on the Tacoma Tide Flats we're going to race at this location if the police come we go to location number two oh my gosh they come they go to location number three (laughs) and this was seriously organized street racing and I had no idea what I was in the middle of my girlfriends and I would show up and we'd like step over guys to get back to our room to go hang out and do girl stuff but pretty soon I started going to the events because of my background as a kid I went to a few of them and you would be surprised even today there'd be 200 cars cars come in on trailers there'd be there'd be probably two or three hundred spectators sometimes they'd have a real tree and a lot of this happened in Tacoma Washington sometimes Seattle but there was a really flat area called the Tide Flats in Tacoma that was perfect for racing Uh so that was some cool stuff I mean you know the movie The Fast and Furious came out ten years later with a lot of computer technology but Half of that movie, my dad did that stuff. So it's pretty funny. I know it's pretty funny to watch it as a kid and not know what you were involved in. And then, so obviously I had passion for that. I went off to school. My dad's business got bigger and he opened a second shop and he was doing motors out of Australia and Alaska and Super Chevy magazine actually picked him twice to build the car of the U.S. So basically they pick a restorer, they'd pick an engine builder, they'd pick a painter, and they'd build the car. And they'd, you know, do a probably a six-page spread on it. So one was a Chevelle, and he did a supercharged motor, and then one was a Corvette. And it was like in 86 and 89. At this point in my life, we had a lot of horsepower. It was important. The cars moving was were important. Beautiful paint jobs were important, but the word numbers matching or concour or cars sitting in the lawn besides a car show, I was foreign to me. Sure. At that time, I was about 21. I just got out of college. I went to work at the Seattle Times, and I started learning about the printing industry, magazines, catalogs, always with this automotive background. I stayed close. I got involved with SEMA. We had a lot of car related aftermarket catalogs, cast classic industries, Kane and Filters, Edelbrock, Mickey Thompson, Art Morrison, Flexolite, all these people are around the local Washington area. Sure. We worked with all of them. And then I met the publisher in Portland, Oregon that published the magazine called Sports Car Market. Ah. And it was <laughs> a, it was a saddle stitch magazine with gloss paper and newsprint auction results and it was uh this would have been about 2000 2003 2003 Mm -hmm. 
first couple of times I had gone down to Portland, and I had hardly been to Portland. That was the funny part. I didn't, you know, and I. Keith Martin talked a lot about Ferraris and European cars and and talked about Concours. And I was like of the impression at that particular time that American muscle cars or American cars were the only type of car that were drivable, had the best performance, handling everything. Mm-hmm. So it was intrigued and he <laughs> we went on a uh lunch went to lunch in his Ferrari Mondial nice. and which is obviously not the most the high, most highly desirable Ferrari, but it's still nonetheless it had the Ferrari sound. It was a it was a fun experience to start learning about the European side of cars. Yeah. From there, uh, I started learning about numbers matching. I went to my first Concours. At first, it seemed so quiet. Cars were there and beautiful on display. <laughs> yeah, where's all the racing? Noise. <laughs> there was no noise. And so, the, but I started, I started to have an appreciation for the Concours, and we went to more and more, and Keith, on the other side of it, when I first met him, he had no very little interest in American American cars, and it was 100% European, and especially Alfa Romeo. So it kind of was a good. It was a good combination. There was a softness on both sides, and that launched my secondary love of cars and numbers matching and the beauty of cars and the auctions. I started um, going to auctions and actually because of this in November, at the end of this month or in November, I'm going to auctioneering school, Ohio auction, because not because I want to auctioneer collector cars, but because I think the auctioneer and the auction itself is theater. Yeah. And the cars, when they come up, they're beautiful actors and they come up and they're sold for the highest dollar and the auctioneer. So the whole entire process is a is a theater event, and the people involved are successful, and they each have big personalities. The people buying million dollar cars, and so, anyways, it's inspired me. I'm going. I'm going to auctioneering school. Oh, fun! And the from spinning off on that, I still attend all the auctions, all the all the concours, and we started working directly with La Jolla Concours, Desert Concorso, Concorso Italiano, Carlisle Events, and that's how I keep myself involved in the industry. And then I just recently purchased its 1972 TII, which now I actually can show my own car. Very cool. Well, very, very interesting background, and it is so cool to listen to. I mean, some of the listeners out there are probably going, oh my gosh, you got to grow up in a family like that? Your dad was putting on street races? Oh my goodness. Just incredible. And I always love interviewing people that I know on Cars You Have because I've known you for some time, but I didn't know anything about that part of your background. So wonderful story. And what we're going to do here is learn a little bit more about what you're doing and in your business, your career as we move along. But I always like to start your journey with a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning. So Wendy, jump into that TII and take the wheel. Thanks, Mark. Okay, so I've thought about this, and there's two inspirational quotes that have stuck with me for probably the last 20 years. Oh, perfect. And uh, one of them was I learned at the Seattle Times. It's a Woody Allen quote, and it is just simply 80% of everything is showing up. (laughs) You just look at the world of the Internet now and the world of everything we're doing. If you show up, you're going to get at an 80% level just getting there. So I recommend and support and encourage people to show up do that thing that you want to do. If, if I can get that to you, I feel like I've done my job for you. Yep. The other one, 
<laughs> another philosopher is Burt Reynolds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're picking some interesting philosophers here, by the way. <laughs> he had something he said, and it's, been, it's again, another 20 years, it stuck with me. If you think you're lucky, you're double lucky. And as an optimist person mm-hmm. and type A person, we all think, I think I'm lucky. We all have this sense of feeling lucky already. So if you think you're lucky, you're double lucky. So I think that's a very important thing, and especially combined with 80% of everything is showing up. And if you think you're lucky, you're double lucky. I mean, <laughs> I think probably every race car driver on the planet will concur to this. Every person parking their Concorde car for the first time will concur to this. It's yes. just, it gives you that extra feeling. Even if that day, it wasn't a winning day, you felt double lucky that day. And in business, it follows the same way. If you think you're going into an appointment or you're going to see somebody new and, you know, the first thing that you want to do is, we call it, is, is engage them, make them like you. Yes. It's part of the double lucky and showing up thing. So. Yes, absolutely. And what comes to mind is a great saying, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's right. Will you share with me a story that instigated your passion for cars? Now, growing up in the family you, you did, of course, that passion came from your father and being in that environment. But is there a pivotal moment in your life, Wendy, that you really knew you were a car gal? Well, there's been several pivotal points in my life that I knew I was a car gal. And so kind of that reinforces the whole car gal thing. You know, when it happens 10 times, you're like, well, yeah, I'm probably a car gal. <laughs> but most recently, the most the thing that has really instigated passion with cars is this involvement with my driving diva group. These women, I mean, I have been around many car girls, especially, you know, as a wife going to a concourse or a daughter going to a racetrack or, you know, any of the above. But these women, when we showed up for the first drive, there was, I think there was 21 of us, and all age groups, all different capacities, but all loving cars and wanting to get on the track. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing inspiration because it wasn't somebody talking about their car or their even their husband's car. They were 21 of us. We wanted to get on the track. We wanted to learn to drive. It was so invigorating. And then we came back again and again. And then we demanded M School from Mike Renner and from the Performance Center. And then, <laughs> I mean, just recently I got back from Spartanburg and we he took us on the track and did hot laps with us. And then we did our own hot laps. I mean, that was the best. We went to Charleston and took a boat out and we nice. went all over different areas and uh, on a long drives, and the best part was our hour and a half on the track at the performance center. So oh, yeah. that's the inspiration that makes me know I'm not just a car gal by default because of people I've been hanging around. Mm-hmm. I'm a car gal because I love cars. Awesome. Awesome. What a wonderful story. I love that. The driving divas. That's excellent. <laughs> So, Wendy, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and maybe get our fingernails a little dirty, (laughs) despite our manicures. What I'd love for you to do is share a huge challenge or great failure that you face in your career, or maybe it has to do with cars or your life, but more importantly, how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it. Mark, thank you. This is a hard one. I thought about it. And, and here's, here's the situation. I, as a business owner, part of success and growth is shedding. And shedding is generally getting rid of things that don't work, mm-hmm. right? Things yes. that are that you tried, it didn't work. We'll call them failures. So as an optimistic person, you're like, wait, failures? What has really happened? Um, the biggest, I guess, change is that initially when I 
I'll talk about branded merchandise first. So I came into branded merchandise. I was doing printing, magazine and catalog printing only. Mm -hmm. uh, longer runs. And we had a customer at BMW CCA. And we, at the same time, we were just starting to work with the Portland Trailblazers. And in both cases, at the same exact time, they came to me and said, well, you know, you're doing our printing. We love working with you. Why don't you, do, why don't you get your license for branded merchandise? So I did. And <laughs> instantly, we had a fairly big account, two big accounts. So it, with that ease of business success, and, and a similar thing happened on the printing side. Both times I started a business just by luck, we'll call it, the double lucky thing, mm -hmm. I didn't struggle. I started it right away, and, and I want to go backwards a little bit of why I started Enthusiast Media Group, because this is a, it's an important reason. I worked for R.R. Donnelly. I went from the Seattle Times to Quebec Core World to R.R. Donnelly. I worked for R.R. Donnelly, and I was traveling about 200 days a year. Too many days. I had two boys. I had. I was not married. I had was dating and in uh, Keith Martin, and he traveled a lot. So I just decided to. We decided to start my own business. His, he was very supportive of saying, "Hey, you can do this by yourself." So I decided to start my own business. So basically, so I could travel less. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I could try, and I could. I would have a travel schedule with him, versus versus my travel, a corporate travel schedule. Yep. And and it worked. And my very first job's commission was like $22,000, which made our bank account start. Mm -hmm. And we moved from there. So I was lucky in there. So then when I think of failures, we've had, you know, failures, whether, you know, <laughs> the car broke down, those type of things, but nothing that's so fatalistic that I would, I would, it would be forewarning. My son was hit by a drunk driver when he was 16, Ooh. and he almost died. He was in the hospital for a month and a half. He came home, you know, with a tracheotomy in his neck. I mean, the whole thing was oh very gosh. horrible. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that was, a, I don't want to say it was a failure, but it was a, a, a situation where the a mud, yeah, the mud can get on any family, because yeah. I never thought this would happen to my family. Of course not. Um, he, He's good, I and mean, he's in good shape. Took a lot of rehabilitation, and he actually, and is a total car enthusiast himself. He went and bought himself his own race car, and he races with his grandpa now. So there's still he's you know back into the car side. So failures are shedding, mm -hmm. and if you, it, it, I've learned a lot from them, but I can't say there's been something that I've that I've, that I've held on to. I just moved forward. I think with that philosophy, that is how you work through those failures. And failures are certainly tests for some, but how you treat them. But I love that concept that they're simply a shedding. You know what's not working and you move on to something else. So I love that. That is fantastic. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. And I'd love for you to share a story when you had a real aha moment in your career, your business, a time when you realized that, you know what, this idea or this concept is really going to work. This is pretty cool. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Well, the aha moment is when all of a sudden this hobbyist company I started so I could travel with my boyfriend turned into a company that had BMW, CCA, the Trailblazers, Carlisle Events. I was a sales manager for a sports car market. I was working with uh, eBay to launch the Collector Car Price Tracker app on iTunes. I realized that this is a company to stay. And now with the recent merger of Quad Graphics, which is Quad and Donnelly basically own the printing industry now, right. we have a very significant contract with Quad. So now we're really here to stay. Our earnings are usually between 20 and 70% growth every year. This mm -hmm. year we're at about 65% clip. And we just signed on. We have we just signed on Remax and Burgerville, which do not have anything to do with cars, nonetheless. But 
Now, when people come in, we're doing think tank stuff for, for, the, for La Jolla Concorde. They want to see what their new shirt designs are going to be. This new technology is called Mirror Ink that we're doing for car guys because it's bumper to bumper is a, is a, you basically do the front end, the front of the car on one side and the back of the car on the other. And, you know, obviously Cadillacs with all that chrome make really nice bumper to bumper images. Yeah. But we're constantly, we're no longer a company that's just trying to be profitable. We're a company that's, uh, as, you know, as a hobbyist, we're a company that is moving forward with new technologies in our industry. We're bringing ideas to our clients that nobody else is bringing. So oh. I feel that's my aha moment. That's awesome. How about a proudest moment? Do you have a very, a real proud moment in your career that you can share with us? There's one, I have one recent one and one that was about five years ago. Uh-huh. And, Great. you know, I do a lot of things. I mean, we do many different things. That's basically, we can be a solution provider from banners to large screen signage to shirts to catalogs, magazines. I mean, pretty much anything that's printable, we have a network of solutions for it. So having said that, when Collector Car Price Tracker, which was a app that I was in, that I was in charge of to get launched, mm-hmm. I had to work with IT people, I had to work with eBay, I had it had gotten off the rail two or three times. It's tip, probably a typical story for everybody. We were behind the rails and eBay was announcing this at Pebble Beach, and they had iPod kiosk, they had staff, they had large format graphics hanging everywhere about collector car price tracker. Just like anything, it comes down to two people. And and at that moment, you know, we're at Pebble Beach, I have staff there, we have booths running, Keith is emceeing all his stuff and doing TV, so I, you know, I had to be grace under fire for him. But the app was not ready, mm. and this and the, and the IT our IT guy was starting our programmer was in Python and he was starting to get a little, uh, we'll say crazy at the end. He was working all, 24 hours a day. Sure. And I had eBay like, okay, is it going to launch? Is it going to launch? Oh yeah, it's going to be ready because it was close. The bottom line is they worked till two in the morning. The launch was Saturday, I believe, or Saturday, I believe it was Saturday morning. eBay had everything up and it worked. Oh gosh. And it looked, <laughs> and it, the, I mean, it worked for all intents and purposes. You could look up about 30,000 cars and see their pricing and it all, it didn't glitch hardly very much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so considering what it could have been, I was so proud that it happened and looked like it was a, theater production. It, it did. I remember. I was there at Pebble Beach. I remember <laughs> that in the uh, Retromobile show, I believe it was. They had a big display yep. there. And uh, yeah, that was yep. fantastic. That's a that's an awesome I, moment. <laughs> and I think I was I think after that I collapsed and went into my hotel room and like slayed there. I yeah, like, I would I imagine. Can't believe, I can't believe we did it. I can't believe we did it. And a big tall <laughs> drink after that debunk. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's wild. Very good story. And then most recently, my most recent newest one that I've been really prideful of was when I walked into the Moda Center, which is the Rose Center Rose Garden mm-hmm. for the Blazers, yeah. and every single shirt, every single chair we produced, and we even produced ones that spelt Rip City on the chair on you know a certain area of it and i know that's not near as complicated as that as that ebay launch sure. but it looked pretty cool oh yeah, yeah. twelve thousand shirts out there i'm covering everything <laughs> oh my gosh fantastic oh wonderful stories and congratulations on both of those <laughs> many you. more to come i'm sure let's have a little fun here what was your first really special car and perhaps you could share a memory you had with that vehicle okay my first special car was a 1985 Pontiac Fiero, and I was a senior in high school, and I bought the car with my own money, and Fieros were sports cars. They might have been whatever their judge, whatever history will judge them is what they are, mm-hmm. but when you're an 18-year-old girl with a 1985 Pontiac Fiero with 
with a giant sunroof that's removable and speakers in your headrest. Yeah. It was pretty darn cool rolling, rolling down the road. And I, <laughs> I personalized the plates and it had a spoiler on it. So, yeah, I love that car. Fantastic. And then after that, we had a 280Z. We had a, I had a Volkswagen Bug, red, bright red, shiny. that uh-huh. would float when, when you know, Kent would flood. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then, you know, now more modern, I love BMWs. You know, I like Maserati very much, too, and I love Ferrari. I'm not going to – my BMW guys don't like to hear that, but, you know, it kind of goes BMW, Maserati, Ferrari, then maybe a Porsche. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, they're all great cars. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've let go in the past that you really wish you could have back? Keith and I bought together a Isetta. And I know that sounds uh, that sounds funny because Isetta, you know, they're not that practical. Mm-hmm. But it was a really cute car and yeah. I really liked it. So yeah. that Those would be the neat. car that if I would have not, if I would have not, it sold off at Gooding. It went to Gooding. Okay. But yeah, I would keep the car because they're now they're now they're forty thousand dollars. Well, like a lot of cars now, the prices have gotten so crazy on so many cars. Uh, that's a pretty cool, very unique vehicle for sure. Those are pretty unique neat. is the right word. Yes, absolutely. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Well, I, you know, I really like what I'm doing with the foundation because I'm learning so much about uh, street survival for kids. It is a program that I feel like every kid getting their license should it should be a mandatory thing that they take because the difference between a, a teenager under, that took street, street survival versus a teenager who just went to traffic safety and got their driver's, driver's license yep. is a huge difference. And it's oh, all yeah. about being proactive. And it's all about being able to get to a corner and see it in advance. Yeah, having that heads up. Yep. It's a wonderful program. And I know the thing that's cool to watch this, you know, I'm involved as a publicity chair. The PCA clubs are getting involved. Corvette clubs are getting involved. I mean, it's not just BMW anymore. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, you know, it's, I'm on like a momentum or crusade for this thing, and it's, it's taking, it's getting um, traction. Well, it's wonderful you're involved with that. It is such an important program to teach young kids how to keep their eyes up and learn how to drive in a different capacity. I think there's a lot of adults I've run across that could probably learn something from that school as well. It's a great program. That's super. Now, here's a fun question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Wow, that is a question I've thought, you know, the problem, here's the problem, Mark. First thing, I'm a female, so <laughs> I, I can change my mind as many times as I want to. Uh-oh, so here right, we go. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I think the car I'd want to be is that Ferrari 456? Is that the new one? Ah, uh, yes, the 458 Italia. Oh my God! It, everything about it—it's got like a body that won't quit. It's got that <laughs> engine in the back. The sound is beautiful. I mean, that red and black one—I just want to just take it home. So, if that—that that is right today, that's the car I would want to be. <laughs> oh, that is a beautiful beautiful vehicle. So nice choice, my friend. Nice choice. All right, Wendy, we're up to the last lap. And this is where I fire off a series of questions and you give me some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready to go? Okay. What's the best automotive advice that you've ever received? The market will tell you the car price. That's the, it's the fastest way to sell a car. You know, before they don't get too emotional about it, the market will tell the car's price. Yep, absolutely. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? I have a few basic 
basic beliefs, uh, one, and, and that is, um, and I have a one overview of how we approach customers' life, whatever. But especially with our within our company, we talk about anything we touch. We try to create Disneyland for that client, which means you know there's a lot of effort to that. There's no blindsiding. Become a friend. Consistency builds loyalty. Have a good ethic. Treat people. Uh, professionally and deliver what they need and the friendship will come. Do good things for people, keep them notified or keep them up to date and everything else will fall into place. How about resources? Is there a resource that you could share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Sure, I'll give you a couple. And then, you know, the, I'm gonna, there are going to be client-based because we use, we learn most about resources from our clients. Um, one of them is MMR. Oh, Peter Barasa's site. Yep. He's been a guest here on Cars, yeah. I like him very much. He's a great partner. We just produced their first catalog. Nice. And it's been hugely successful. And, you know, his background is, is he basically does re- as a review site or a referral site. So you're not, you know, when you're trying to find the right restoration companies, you have this background and network. I really like what he's doing for the industry. So I highly recommend MMR. Chubb Insurance Evaluation Tool is very good. Obviously, that's that's uh, engineered or powered by Sports Car Market. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Haggard Evaluation Tool is a good one. Uh, I think just like any, when you're looking at evaluations of diamonds, art, Whatever it is, it's good to have check with two or three or four resources. Yes. This market right now is, I don't want to call it a bubble, but this uptick market with the cars and uh, is amazing and fun. What it does bring, though, is on the web, there's so many more images available of cars. There's so you know, honestly, with, without just going straight to Keith to ask him, hey, what kind of car is that or what do you think it's worth? Every Second, I do look things up, and I do learn. Actually, learn more by research on your own on the valuation tools right. than if you just ask your friend. So, oh, sure. yeah, those that's... are probably my two my two majors. But you know, any of the auction sites, if you start looking at their cars, you learn. In addition to like we call it salivating over the cars, and you can hardly every time you get to an auction, you go crazy like you want to <laughs> buy every single. Well, not everyone. That's not true. <laughs> but you get your eyes locked in on two, and pretty soon it's like, oh well, I could do, I could buy this, or I could not pay for my child's car college next year and he can get his own loan and oh yeah no those are great resources i understand and all of all of uh, the passionate cars yeah listeners we understand that as well how about books is there a book that you've read in the past or maybe recently that you'd love to share with me and the listeners there's one book i think is highly especially if you're if you're a beginner it's it is keith martin's book on how on collecting just a standard book on the one the beginnings of collecting mm-hmm. and it's I resource that book often for because often people who come to me, they're oh I've got they they tell me their car stories. Matter of fact, I'm so used to saying so what kind of car do you have when I first talk to somebody and I always hear you know because I'm with with Carlisle we have Corvette, Chrysler, GM, important kit, performance and stuff. I mean, we're hitting every genre, mm-hmm. so you can't be an expert there. But if you ask them what the kind of car they have and then you send them to the on collecting book it. I often have people come back to me and say, oh, that book was perfect. It was a great start, and now I have two more cars. Great, so. great. Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to all these great resources that Wendy has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Wendy Martin. All right, Wendy, we're up to the checkered flag. You know what that means? The pedal to the metal, and this is the last question I'm going to ask you, and it can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and this is something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, But money's no object. Today, I'm going to buy you whatever you would like. What would that vehicle be and why? 
Okay, what is the vehicle? It would probably be right this moment. It's always like could change. <laughs> of course, you're a woman. <laughs> I was, exactly. I was at Festival of Cars and they had a Ferrari 275 GTV number Ooh, 22. Yes. That car would be I'd have that car right now. That's the car. What is it about that car that really tugs on your heartstrings? I love cars that have that kind of history, a racing history. So there's no story to tell about it. It's got a great racing history. It's beautiful. It sounds like a monster. It's like, for me, it has everything. It has all the check boxes. <laughs> yeah, well, they are they are so special. I mean, I just love those cars, the way they look. Going up on the auction block in January in Scottsdale is going to be a three-time Le Mans veteran Ferrari 275 GTB-C. So it's going to be something that's going to be quite special. So I would advise you to head to Scottsdale, which you're probably already going. Get out your big golfer's check uh, book. Yeah, well, <laughs> you said money was no object. That was the, that was. The oh, that's right. I'm paying for this. Oh, my gosh, boy. I really blew it there, didn't I? <laughs> I, I better uh, I better get my big golfer's checkbook out because uh, I'm guessing this car is going to be pretty cool because it won its class at Le Mans, Spa, and Imola. So it's going to be a really, really special buy. But you know what? For you, Wendy, I'm going to buy it for you. So no, thank you, it'll look good in your garage parked next to your BMW TII. The car that I would love to have in my garage, modern, is an i8. I just Ooh. think they're awesome. I yes. think I, I rode in one for six hours in, in Beaver Creek yeah. when we were at Oktoberfest, and they are incredible from the way their seat position is, the way that even that electric motor sounds, and yeah. the way the stereo is. I love the car. So no, wonderful the car. Well, that's going to be a little cheaper than the Ferrari, so I think I'm going to get yeah. you that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Wendy, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've so enjoyed your stories and talking with you. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you please give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 275 Ferrari? <laughs> Well, I would say if a collector car is something you've always wanted or you already have and you want another one, I say buy it. You always get the approval from me to buy your dream. So do that. (laughs) Well, thank you. That's a great, (laughs) great bit of advice. And would you let our listeners know what's the best way they can learn more about you and your company? And then we'll say goodbye. Okay, so the best way is to go online at uh, enthusiastmediagroup.com, and we also have a promotional-only store, which is emgpromo.com. Pick up the phone, and you can call 206-427-1652, and we're happy to help car enthusiasts. We love to work with them, but we also work with many, many other companies. So thank you, Mark, for this opportunity. It's been fun. You're welcome. And again, I'll remind everybody that you can go to the show notes page for Wendy's talk today at carsyad.com slash Wendy Martin and find links to everything she shared with us, her website, phone numbers and everything. Wendy, thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise today and for sharing your experience and your journey with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. This is great. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.